come up with possible solutions, but every answer brings its own question, folks. These are tough times. Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young. I'm Lou Young, and I'm here with uh, the, the crew. The crew, George Patanovic. Hey, Lou. Hey, co-host, activist, uh, um, uh, my, my, my conscience, my spiritual advisor. No, you're not my spiritual advisor. That's Reverend Billy. I'm sorry. But uh, he, he like calls me every Thursday and says, what's the show about again? I go, oh, yeah, that's right, the show. And then we have to come up with stuff. So that's great. And uh, Will Hennessy. Hi, Will. Hello. Will on the board. He looks, like, uh, he looks like a mad scientist behind there, behind all those knobs and dials. Well, thanks. I try. Okay. All right. There you go. And uh, in the um, studio with us this week, Jerry Knapp, uh, who is... Uh, Chief of the Rockland County uh, Hazmat. Yes, sir. You're like the you're like the the fire SWAT team. Uh, yeah, when things go bad and the railroad tra- uh, train goes off the track, uh, we show up. Oh, there you go, and yeah. and, and that that's uh, happened recently. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, in Ohio, uh, yeah. pretty pretty bad train wreck. Uh, we're going uh, to yeah. get to that uh, in a little bit. I got a uh, we got a guy uh, who's going to be uh, calling in here who uh, knows a little bit about uh, what the. Railroads know Good. and don't say up front about what they know. We're not going to get into specifics, but he has information <laughs> on that. But let's start with the uh, what we're talking about today. The show mm-hmm. is about solutions that have their own problems. Because um, I always like to tell people, uh, yeah, uh, y- this will fix a large part of the thing we're talking about, but it's got its own downside. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't treat anything like a, a silver bullet or a panacea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's let's start with, um, uh, we, we're in love with, uh, well, we're in love. Those of us who are environmentalists are very um, um, grateful and happy that uh, electric vehicles are now becoming mm-hmm. more, uh, more common mm-hmm. and prolific. But there's a problem, isn't there, Jerry? Isn't there, Jerry? There is. The lithium-ion batteries, um, they're energy storage systems. So I explain to, about, about them to people as a spring. You know, it's a compressed spring. So mm-hmm. there's energy in there. So we get to release that energy, you know, in our, our portable drills, our, our computers, our cell phones. But um, the downside of those is that when that energy releases, when it's uh, not planned to be released, right? Like if they're, uh, if they get overheated, if they go into thermal runaway, mm-hmm. um, they they release that heat, they release that energy as heat. And as a firefighter, uh, we're seeing terrible fires being caused by by lithium-ion batteries. So let me just go over couple types of lithium-ion batteries. There's three main types. Then we're not saying that, that you know, that they're, they're evil, shouldn't be used. We're saying, know what you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Okay, know what great, you're de- great. And look at, the, look at the big picture, you Got know. It. Um, it, I, I, it's kind of like a weapon. You know, you don't look down the barrel of a gun, you mm-hmm. know, because you respect the, 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 the energy that it has. So there's three main types of batteries. There's the 18650, which is kind of the basis for everything. It's like, as big, uh, it's like a double-sized AA battery, right? So it's a cylindrical unit. There's pouch units that you find in your computers, and there's prismatic cells. So they're all kind of the same, but they're a little different shape. Um, 
So again, we see them in all sorts of tools, computers. Um, one of the things we're seeing as firefighters now is these houses that have solar panels on a roof, they have a lithium ion energy storage system in the garage or the basement. So um, obviously the solar cells are good. They, they provide you know pretty much free energy. Mm -hmm. uh, the energy is stored in the energy storage system, which is a, a large panel, maybe uh, you know f three or four foot. Um, square and attached to the wall, um, but but again, there's a lot of energy in these. So so what's the problem? When they go into thermal runaway, so let's say so in a larger unit, in an energy storage system, right? Like mm -hmm. you may have in your house. Yeah. There's a number of these cells. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of like a bale of hay. If one overheats, or if you get a fire in the center of that bale of hay, yeah, you really can't put water on it. Yeah, you can put water on it all day, but the fire will will, will c c keep flaring up. I exactly. So you can't extinguish. So what happens in thermal runaway? That one cell, for whatever reason, and there's a couple of reasons. One is it's damaged. One yeah. is it wasn't perfect when it was manufactured. And the third is it's overheated. Mm -hmm. So that cell overheats. Mm -hmm. It overheats the cells next to it, overheats the cells next to those, and the entire unit really catches so fire. So, so quality manufacturing is essential. Is one, yeah. Okay, what are the other things that can, can contribute to uh, thermal runaway? So, again, physical damage. Physical right? damage. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, overheating for whatever reason. Okay, all right. So, so, um, so, uh, so what, what do we what do we do? In other words, okay. So you've got equipment, you've got uh, a vehicle. You want it? You got to charge it. Otherwise, right, what's right. the point of having yep. a battery? Right. How do you protect yourself from um, a disaster, which is so, which is mm -hmm. possible but yep. not common? But uh, how do you protect yourself? Correct. A couple things. So make sure you, the charger you're using is is matched up to the battery that you bought. So mm -hmm. don't buy an aftermarket charger. Kind of keep eyes on these things. You know, um, you're, you're putting energy into a small space, like you're compressing that spring. So you don't want to plug it in and go to bed. No, you know, or, or go away or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, so those kind of things. And I think the other thing that's important to realize is what happens when these fail. Um, they actually uh, shoot out fireballs. If you look at the UL FSR site, it's Fire yeah. Safety Research Institute. Uh, that's available to anybody on the net. It's UL FSRI. It's yeah. Underwriters Laboratories. Um, they've done a lot of testing, and they'll show you videos there of these these things failing. Mm -hmm. And they actually shoot out fireballs, okay. multiple fireballs, uh, into the room. So from a fire perspective, yeah. now you have multiple ignition sources, and you literally don't have time. The other thing that's important is there's uh, very toxic and flammable gases that are generated. So when these cells uh, overheat, and they, they go into thermal runaway, yeah. they generate uh, a number of gases. Hydrogen is one of them, very flammable, right? Mm -hmm. um, carbon monoxide, again, a very flammable gas. And carbon, carbon monoxide is flammable? Carbon monoxide is flammable, yeah, mm -hmm. at 14%. Uh, 14 percent gas and air is okay. the lower flammable limit so here, here's the other one that's really interesting is most people don't know is carbon dioxide right carbon dioxide is not flammable we use it in fire extinguishers yeah but if you get carbon dioxide up to uh, 1100 degrees it chemically breaks down to carbon monoxide molecules which are flammable hey there we so, go yeah so so <laughs> and that's what, what I, we explain this when I train firefighters we talk about flashover yeah. the the smoke is flammable there's carbon dioxide in it when that CO2 gets heated, yeah. it breaks down to flammable. So, so it's like flashover is a nightmare occurs. of every fire. Yeah, fire. it's like yeah. somebody's throwing gas on a fire. Yeah. So, so, uh, so two other things that are important. Um, 
These batteries release two very toxic gases, hydrogen cyanide, obviously cyanide we don't need to talk about, but hydrofluoric acid, HF, and in a hazmat world, we, we fear HF, and here's the reason why. Um, not only is it an acid, you get an acid burn, mm -hmm. but it dives for the calcium in your bones. So not only do you have a surface burn on your on whatever part of your body, mm -hmm. uh, you have this chemical actually kind of like worms reaching in and, and, and binding the calcium in your bones oh wow so it's not just wash it off and you're done we can we can say that for next week when we, we have so, apoliptic scenarios yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's next so, week's show so, so how, Jerry, how do you get it on your skin like what you're saying if a battery so explodes when, when a battery um but then they over they uh, go into thermal runaway so run you know away. for example firefighter if he didn't have his gloves on could I pick see. one of these up and get hf on. but oh. it's released in the gas okay. so the gas Gas not only is flammable, but it's it's very very toxic. And to give you an example, HF hydrogen fluoride, uh, a palm size exposure is is enough to be lethal. Hey Jerry, we've got a caller on the line sure. with a question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who, who's on the line? Who's calling? Hello. Hi, uh, my name is Maria and Sarah. Hi, Maria, how are you? Where, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Peekskill, New York. Okay, great. What's your question? Well, it's actually not a question. I just thought I'd like to make a comment sure. about things that downsides of energy solutions. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to talk about nuclear, which is being touted as the solution yep, yep, sure. we absolutely. need right now. It's got, it's got its downsides. We know those. Yep, absolutely. Big downside is what are we going to do with the waste? That's that's and, something we're going to be talking about. So you might want to stay by your radio. And when okay. we get to that, uh, way on in. Because the decommissioning of Indian Point is something that we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about again in this show, too. So okay, I appreciate I'll hold that. on then. Oh, uh, so yeah, any other ideas? I mean, like... Uh, no, that was know. my big... Well, one of my my comments, I thought we could also talk a little bit about the downsides of gas, <clears throat> which I think has been yeah. seen as the great solution. That's true, too. And gasoline, I mean, because we're talking about, uh, we're, <laughs> we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, lithium battery fires. Mm -hmm. But it, you watch the movies, uh, every car crash ends with an explosion because <laughs> but, so. but in, in a real world, it doesn't. It I've does been it, a fireman for 47 years, and it, it just doesn't do that. I know. But, 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 but that, that's, the, that's the, um, yeah. you know, gasoline's. Well, Pretty actually, volatile. I was thinking of methane gas. Oh, definitely. methane gas. I got that, too. It's but big, it's all setting solution. stuff on fire. Yep. It's all yeah. setting stuff on fire. That's what we do. We're still, okay. We haven't we haven't wandered that far from the mouth of the cave to the, yeah. when you get down to so it. So when they come from my gas stove, um, it, it identifies as electric, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. Like uh, uh, Marie, thank you very much. Uh, it was, did I remember that correctly, Marie? Yes, yeah. Okay, great. We'll, 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 we'll you know, stay on the line uh, we'll, or stand by there in Peekskill. Are you listening on the radio or on uh, online? I have you on radio right now. Excellent. Oh, it's good to hear. We get reception over in Peekskill. We get right down. Hey, Will, mm -hmm. good reception. Peak skill. Right nice. There. there you go. Okay. We'll see you later, uh, Marie. Thank you very much. Sure. All right, great. Um, uh, so that's, you know, that's that's that. There's mm -hmm. one thing I do want to get to now, since you mentioned the, the trains at the beginning. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we'll, we'll go a little bit all over the place because that's the way my mind works. <laughs> We've got used to that, Lou. <laughs> um, uh, I want to I gather everybody up here and, and, and walk over to the big machine. Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, oh, yeah. all right. Let's go. Let's, come on. Let's go. Up, up. Let's go. And uh, take a look at what's in here. All right. I get the power up. All right, and, we, and we're, we're looking at the stuff that's going around around the world. We want to swing all these monitors over to uh, the middle of the country there. Yeah, and... Uh, Ohio. And look what's going on at... Uh, 
That's East Palestine, mm -hmm. Ohio. Mm -hmm. You know what happened, right? The, the big, the big train derailment. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. So let's 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 talk a little bit about that, and let's bring on the line here a guy who knows a little bit about it, uh, Scott from Delaware. Scott, you there? Yeah. Hi, Lou. I'm on the uh, Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, don't, don't complain to me. <laughs> oh, no, I've been a great time. <laughs> what exit? Anyway, what exit? <laughs> so um, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's great. So, so uh, Scott, tell us about uh, how not surprised you are, not at the accident, but at the, uh, at, at the response that the folks here are getting. Sure. So in my past life, I was a, a uh, journalist, uh, covered many, 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 uh, disasters, unfortunately, but uh, fact of life. And then the last 25 years, I've been a crisis communications counselor, uh, also a litigation crisis counselor. Well, this is certainly so a crisis, so there you go. It's a crisis for sure. So during during that time, uh, I had the uh, uh, the opportunity, if that's the right word, to uh, to work with large organizations, also transportation uh, organizations, businesses associated with transportation. And because of that, of course, um, disasters, unfortunate disasters. This is one of them. I don't know the particulars, all the particulars about the Ohio accident, but there are a lot of generalities that these kinds of institutions or these kinds of uh, business organizations all have to follow. They're all uh, required by uh, insurance uh, to varying degrees uh, to have uh, risk uh, protection and also to have disaster uh, drills and disaster protections in place, uh, oper you know, practiced operations. Mm -hmm. uh, they all uh, need to have some sort of an emergency uh, procedure in place. They have to be able to uh, be in touch with the right first responders uh, who can coordinate the response efforts. Right. And uh, you know, so those, those are all generalities, and, so, and, it, and it goes again uh down the line. From, they expect. Uh, they expect to have. Accidents. They expect to have these accidents. I mean, they, they know it's a real uh, a real possibility. Well, they do. The bigger organizations certainly do. Uh, smaller uh, operations like a uh, a small town with a with a railroad junction going through mm -hmm. them uh, know the possibility, but uh, to a great degree are not prepared, or they or they depend. Maybe too much on uh, on the state or on FEMA right. or on uh, uh, the U.S. government, the NTSB, to come help them out, or on dumb luck uh, uh, that it won't happen. Sure, fingers crossed. Yeah, but that, that's yeah. that's that's a bad bad protection. Forty-eight hundred people. Mm -hmm. So uh, this town of forty-eight hundred people, uh, the uh, railroad sent them a check for twenty-five grand. <laughs> That's, uh, and, and as one comedian said, uh, you know, I'm sorry about your town. Sorry about, uh, you know, all the health problems. Go buy your, each one of you guys go buy yourself a foot long from Subway. It'll make you feel better. Right. Well, that's, you know, what, what that is, is that's an insurance company saying, okay, let's start negotiating. And maybe we'll get lucky. And uh, somebody will actually bite on that. 
But, you know, I, I think it's, we, we can mash on uh, everybody involved here, but I think the key is we need to work with these people. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the railroad folks, uh, on our, our mainline CSX here in Rockland County, if it's down, you look at it, a million dollars an hour that mm -hmm. they lose. So who doesn't want to have a wreck? The railroad doesn't. Um, I spend a lot of time working with these folks. They inspect the tracks two, visually two mm -hmm. or three times a week. Right. So uh, there's going to be wrecks, just like there's going to be a car wreck, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can have a car accident at some point. So it's how you respond to those wrecks. And our emergency services folks uh, should be working together and, and, and have a plan. You know, uh, it, you know, Lou, your question of dumb luck uh, is interesting because we know, just like you said, something's going to happen. So why don't we have a good plan? Why don't we have why – why haven't we not practiced that plan? In Rockland, we've done quite a bit of that. Yeah, well, Jerry, let me, let me ask you this. I mean, you know where the tracks go, and we can probably yeah, – and, and then Jordan sure can rattle off the communities. Yeah. Are they all ready? Depends on what you mean by ready, and, yeah. and there's varying degrees of yeah. it. Um, you know, so East Palestine. Uh, Steen. Palestine. East right? Palestine's Palestine. got its own problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. <laughs> They're shooting each other there, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, vinyl, vinyl. So let's look at the products. Vinyl chloride, right? Very bad actor. Toxic, very flammable, yeah. right? Uh, potential to explode in, in tank car volumes, right? Um, but, but we all need it. You know, it's a, it's a component of plastic. You know, like chlorine, what we worry about, as a hazmat guy in Rockland, what I worry about is they're called TIHs, toxic by inhalation, mm -hmm. like chlorine. Can you imagine a chlorine cloud mm -hmm. running? The the uh, um, the standard um, toxic area from a, a total release of a railroad tank car of chlorine is mm -hmm. 10 miles. Can you imagine evacuating one mile in Rockland? No, we can't, you know. Mm -hmm. So the best thing we can do is have a plan and, and be ready and practice that plan. And I, but, and I, sorry, I get carried no, away. No, no, no. <laughs> I've been, I've been as a, as a uh, back when uh, Scott and I used to work together. Full disclosure, back in uh, uh, Tampa, Florida, and there was a uh, uh, a train derailment. Mm -hmm. It was a um, anhydrous ammonia. Mm -hmm. Was that right, Scott? Was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, there were several uh, yeah. train accidents, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I remember the one you talked about. Anhydrous ammonia, <coughs> which is, uh, I don't know if it's toxic or not. It is. It's yeah, yeah, but, but, it, but the big thing is it, that it displaces all the oxygen, mm -hmm. and you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, being a, uh, you know, a, a, a pull of, a full of uh, energy and, uh, and determination, you know, I got way closer to it. Mm -hmm. Then um, was advisable mm -hmm. uh, sneaking around uh, in, in in the weeds and stuff uh, to get good pictures of it. We got great pictures of it, but um, uh, couldn't breathe for a while, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 realized that had the wind blown the wrong way, they would have found uh, me and the cameraman <laughs> in the weeds. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, what, you know, you what, know so. what about the decision to set this on fire? Um, it was a decision made at the site, right? Yeah, to set it on that's, fire? that's kind of the last decision we ever want to make. It's called a vent and burn operation. So that car was involved. It was fire around it so the pressure was increasing in that car so i, I believe from what i've read and, and not being there i'm just yeah. you know uh, suspecting yeah. but um if, if they'd have let that go the car would have exploded wow. you still would have lost the contents of the car but it, in an unpredictable way so when the tank car explodes it, we in our hazmat world we look for three things the end, end of the car blows off that goes the furthest we call that the orange peel uh, half of the car flattens out, right? Now, you got to remember, you're talking about almost three-quarter inch steel. So, again, mm -hmm. think about the energy here. Half of that car flattens out, right? And the other half is what we call the – that's called a dance floor. The other half we call is the rocket. And it's it, <laughs> it, it self-explanatory. It truly is a rocket. You know, it's like a balloon that has no fins. It Where does it go? Wherever it wants. Uh -huh. And while it goes that way, it's dropping – could be – 
it's dropping product or or burning product. So the railroad and, and the town's folks can say, well, we can let that happen, or we can do a vent and burn where you put two explosive charges on it. You put one explosive charge at the top in the vapor space of the car. That's the vent, right? And the second charge is down in a, in a fluid space, which is the, the, the vent and burn. So That's a, That sounds like a, a, just a terrific job. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoever did, whoever put those charges on there, I hope he got paid a lot of money yeah. because uh, he, he risked his life. So then, then the product comes out into a pit that we've dug, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it burns. So it's somewhat controlled, but but either one of those decisions not is not great. good. <laughs> not good. All right. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I'd, li I'd like to reinforce something that is it Jerry, yes, Jerry, yep. first responder, <clears throat> very, very, very important, and that is not only to have a plan, but to practice that plan mm -hmm. and practice that plan on a regular basis between all first responders and any, anybody else who's could potentially be involved in these kinds of uh, of incidents, because we've we've run into over the years. Uh, plans that were either not workable or uh, especially in small communities there's a, there's a practice every two or three years which is almost uh, uh, dangerous as opposed to being helpful and and have something that's uh, that's very uh, uh, quick it's something that people know what to do uh, fast and it's a simple plan I, I've seen plan books that uh, that mm -hmm that businesses, uh, transportation businesses have that are 350, 400 pages long. Well, when that explosion yeah. happens, you know, people are in jeopardy. Nobody has time to go through 350 pages. No. So, you know, you, you need a, a quick reaction plan. You need to know what you're going to do fast. You need to know how you're going to communicate mm -hmm. honestly in the first hour. And if you don't have information, you want to make sure that you tell people that this is an evolving uh, case. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, you need to know what you're going to do a uh, day after the uh, the accident, a week after, maybe a year after the accident. Mm -hmm. But to reinforce again, uh, if you can have a plan, it's useless unless you practice it mm -hmm. uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, and Scott and I had so little experience with this trying to get people to to um, accept the plan that they'll practice and. You know they don't want to do it because it's a lot of work. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and if nothing happens, nobody will ever knew, know they uh, they did it. And um, you know, it's one of the things that I uh, that I always say is that uh, good government is invisible. Mm -hmm. um, you don't. You know, when nothing goes wrong, right. you don't know why nothing went wrong. Right. When something goes wrong, you got some you got some suspects. Yeah. So there you go. For, from watching the news and, and reading uh, what's <clears throat> online. I just wonder where the EPA has been in all this. Um, and um, the president said he could not declare a disaster because it's not a natural disaster. Uh, that's just a bunch of bunk, you know. Mm -hmm. These people need help. They need it now. That's what the government's for, and they ought to be there. Yeah, disaster is a disaster. I think the government has failed them massively in well, this, maybe, in this you know, case. Well, maybe, you know, I don't know that maybe that's, it's, it's, they don't want to they, they take the, uh, the railroad off the hook. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It could be that. Because, you know, I go back to 9-11, too. I mean, everybody thinks the 9-11 uh, mm. uh, fund is about uh, um, uh, helping victims of terrorists. And, no, if you read the, read the legislation, it's an Airline Protection Act to keep you from suing the airlines. Mm. So that's what it really – that's why it was uh, – otherwise, I mean, listen, nobody <coughs> – Nobody got paid for Pearl Harbor, you know. That's mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because there was there was nobody was going to get sued, yeah. you know. So so uh, there's uh, there's all that kind of stuff. Hey Scott, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, sure. 
My pleasure. Thanks. Okay, all right. And uh, so uh, that's uh, Scott uh, Sobel from uh, from Parts Unknown. He's uh, you know Del- uh, on the on the Jersey per- Turnpike, uh, leaving Delaware. I don't know why he's leaving. Why are you leaving Delaware, Scott? What's going on? Well, going to visit grandkids in Ridgewood, New Jersey. There you go. All right. Okay. There, there. Ridgewood's lovely. Right. <laughs> and 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 Delaware is nice too. Oh, beautiful. That's yeah, lovely. Hey, take care of yourself. All right. Drive safe. All right. Have a good show. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So um, uh, and we're talking to, uh, that was uh, Scott. We're talking to Jerry Knapp, who is the chief of Rockland County Hazardous Materials. Uh, and um, who we have stand by? Peter. Peter McGard is on the line. Now, Peter. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me well? Yes. Peter McGard is the director of um, sustainability and um, conservation for the county of Westchester. Yep. Energy uh, conservation and sustainability. There you go. There you go. And, yep. I, and I think that's a big deal. And I think it's a big deal because Westchester's got more people than, what, half a dozen states, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a big Over outfit. One million people. Yeah, yes, yeah, wow. it's a, 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 a big outfit. Wow. So um, uh, so we were, we're talking about this. I mean, I don't know. Do we have much of the, uh, the, 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 let's start with the rail thing, so that, that's what we're on. Do we have much of the rail thing on the, uh, on the um, east side of the uh, of the river, Peter. Well, we do have uh, you know multiple multiple train um, train lines. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. so it, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So we we um, through the county we have a very good hazmat and emergency uh, services uh, group. Uh, you know, working in conjunction with multiple uh, agencies, uh, whether they're local or, or federal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We just had a plane crash recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, uh, two people passed away uh, coming into White Plains Airport, and everybody, it was a terrible, terrible day, night. That's why the plane crashed. Sadly. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the guys are there. Guys are on uh, on the job, and um, you know, uh, I, I haven't heard of any problems. Uh, you know, with them uh, um, reaching the uh, destination uh, quickly and taking care of it. So, all right, now, all good. You're on, on the subject of of uh, solutions with their own problems. What comes yeah. to mind for, uh, for for you? Because you're a solutions guy, and uh, in other words, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would like to talk about the solutions. You know the. You know, the, the the batteries and the EVs, and, you know, one of the big ones was, for a while, it was the um, the offshore wind or just, uh-huh. you know, wind power, the, the those massive blades. And, uh-huh. you know, after a period of time, everything, well, actually, in the bigger picture, I'm sorry, I'm starting to do a Lou, a Lou Young here, and I go all over the place. But, uh, but, uh, Is that what it's called, like, a Lou Young? We're used to it, Peter. It's okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. <laughs> You have the floor. Uh, so those blades, you know, what what do you do with them at the end of their life? You know, they're not really recyclable because they're mostly made out of some, uh, you know, carbon fiber or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but I, what made me start to switch is, you know, the end of the end of life of anything is an issue. The end of life of a of a, a regular car or you know one of these electric cars. You know, or what are the what are you going to do with the batteries at the end? What are you going to do with the spent rods and the and the decommissioning? You know, of of uh, mm-hmm. these nuclear plants that are all over the place. So, you know, um, there's there's been a law that's been um, bandied about, a bill, I should say. It's not a law. It's a bill uh, being bandied about in Albany for the past three years, and they call it the Extended Producer Responsibility Act, mm-hmm. EPR. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, 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 this builds into that, you know, with what, putting the burden on the, on the uh, producer of it uh, to what are you going to do at the end of the life of this, whatever it is you're making. Um, and that's going to help us move towards zero waste. Um, um, so I, I, well, I'm very pro EBTR and um, 
I think that's really uh, the answer to a lot of this, putting the responsibility on the manufacturer, uh-huh. not the consumer. You know, what are you going to do with it And when you, at the end of life? What do I do with it? You're going to just, you know, throw it to our waste energy plant and burn it? Yeah. Um, and try to get not, rid of a mattress? Enough. Yeah, yeah. Peter, I was going to say, my, uh, my daughter is up in Connecticut, and we had to get rid of a mattress in Connecticut. They actually disassemble the mattress and recycle the parts, and it costs mm-hmm. you about $100 to get rid of a mattress. Uh, wow. They take out the springs and the wood and, you know, all the things that are in a mattress. Yeah. What are you going to do right. with it? Throw it in the dump, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a similar situation. Throw it in the woods. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what probably happens, you know. But, but it comes down to dis- uh, disassembling it and taking out the, the, the components yeah. uh, that are, still have uh, value, you know, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Now, the, um, uh, so the, these that, are, these that are all concerned things- me. Mm-hmm. There is a solution. So now there's there's whole industries that are coming up and building up around these all these you know what do you do with the panels what's the what's the the end of life on your solar panels when they stop to not uh, you know perform up to function you know we're not really there because it's only been in the last uh, you know 10 15 years that we're really you know adding so much more solar mm-hmm. adding so much more wind and you know this renewable energy sources um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not an issue yet, but people are, are concerned about it and thinking about it. And, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't an issue with fossil fuels because we just set it on fire and let it blow away. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. turns out that but, had its own downside. Yeah, and there's a learning period. People will figure it out. You know, there's, there's, if there's money to be made... Uh, you know, you figure it out, and um, so just just like with the our what we call ICE, uh, internal combustion engine uh, vehicles. Uh, you know, at the beginning there was, there's problems, you know, and you got to mm-hmm. come up with solutions, you got to fix them. So I, I think there's there's going to be, and there will be, and there are already some solutions, especially when it comes to those large carbon fiber uh, blades. There's three or four companies that are, are, yeah. are saying, yeah, give them us. There's value in them. Mm-hmm. We'll take them. There's one, yeah. there's one thing you should look up online. I, I um. Uh, somebody was making the blades into bus shelters. Mm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because they curve and they can have a roof yeah. and you can mm. put a bench under it. They purpose them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and they yeah. look kind of cool when they're on their side. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if there's enough bus shelters on the planet to yeah. uh, to, to, to take yeah. care of all those. <laughs> Peter, Peter, this is George. You know, uh, in Rockland, we're fortunate to have this uh, hazardous waste recycling um, yep. center here, which is very good because you can bring your large screen TVs when they go and your electronics and things like this are also an issue trying to dispose of, of electronics the proper way. So, you know, they're, yep. we're fortunate to have that, I think. I don't know if every, I don't know if Westchester has a similar thing, but it's not. We a, do. We, yeah. we have um, two components. We have what we call it our household material recovery facility, mm-hmm. our HMRF. Mm-hmm. We have a MRF down in Yonkers. That's a material recovery facility, really based around, you know, recycling, recycling. of uh, plastic and, uh, and paper and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have this household. So you can go there. Any resident of Westchester can go there and take all sorts of different chemicals and, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. And we, uh, we take care of them and, um, Recycle them or repurpose them. Keep them out of the waste board. stream. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, so uh, you, we also have we... a household recycling days. So we do oh. about you know eight or nine or ten of those around the county. So you don't have to drive all the way. Mm-hmm. Our HMRF is in the center of the county. It's in Valhalla, mm-hmm. but uh, we have these H um, household recovery days uh, mm-hmm. all over, uh, so people can uh, you know bring their stuff. And those are very. Uh, very successful. There's uh, one always held at Rye Playland. I'm sure Lou's been over there. It, mm-hmm. it gets turned out. I mean, we had traffic issues. You know, it was a matter of traffic issues. Well, you know what the star the star of your program is the is the is the big shredder. <laughs> yes, people <laughs> love does. to shred stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and shredded paper has the most value because yeah. it's not going to be contaminated. Right. You know, yes. so you're not going to have. 
metal or plastic, other plastics yeah. or any of that. It's, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so we get a good value. Um, yeah, we get a good uh, price for our, our mm-hmm. shredded paper. All right, Peter, I, I'm going to, I mean, what do you do with it? I mean, how, how do you recycle an old computer? I bring my old computer. I've blanked the disk so it doesn't have uh, all my information on it. And I, I give it to you guys. What do you do with it? How do you, what gets recycled? Well, there's, they'll take the components out of it, you know, mm-hmm. for what they can and, um, you know, meld it down or, you know, in the case of the batteries, there's the, you get, there's other uses for the batteries or you take them, take the batteries apart and, um, you know, use them. There's, there's whole industries around that. We have one, I live in uh, Eastchester down in the southern portion of the county and we have a, a shop here that will take your, take your, uh, computers and phones and they'll take them, you know, gladly because they, uh, they, Recycle them, I assume. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, yeah. Bottom line, though, some of that stuff ends up going to the uh, landfill. Yeah, well, we don't landfill anything in okay. uh, Westchester. We have a, a waste of energy plant. So, um, oh, you, you're, you're not burning the plastic from a computer in there, are you? I mean, what do you? We're not. I mean, if you bring it to the HMRF, no. Yeah. But uh, if people don't do that, uh, you know, then then it would be. But uh, yeah, so it part, ends up in a, yeah. it ends up in a landfill somewhere. I don't. The leftover no, stuff. He's saying no. He's saying no. I don't know for sure. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. uh, but it would seem to me that I mean, you you can pull so much stuff out of it, but there's stuff there that that yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. I would assume there's yeah. no perfect solution. That's that's, that's uh, the, the title of this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there is no perfect solution, but you know, people are working on it. You know, whenever there's money to be made, <laughs> you know, people will figure it out. You know. All right, all right. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, there. Yeah. Interesting. It's, 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 it's Peter. It's fascinating. I'm fascinated by your job. Um, uh, tell me about the the food stuff recycling. Because we started in, in Westchester, we were recycling food. But uh, yeah, we still are. We have uh, 24 municipalities in uh, Westchester that have their own. It's a volunteer program. Uh, we call it uh, food scrap recycling, um, and the county county collects it. Uh, we aggregate it, and we have a. Um, a composting uh, facility in Cortland. Uh, we used to take it up to Ulster, but now we have um, uh, one of the carting companies started up a, a compost facility in Cortland. And that is and, uh, good, uh, that's good looking compost. I've seen it, man. Oh that's, man, it's 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 black gold, baby. You could you could you could. Now we sell some of it, don't we? I mean, I know I know in in, in my community we we do actually sell some of it. Yeah, yeah. Most of it is most of it is sold. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. Again, it's got value. People mm-hmm. will figure it out. Uh, we have our own compost education facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we um, we process two tons of food scraps every week, um, and we built this as a, a test model for. We built it so municipalities can come and see just how easy, how clean it doesn't smell. You can and um, you can, these municipalities can do it on their own. And I, I can't. I, I don't want to uh, burn our press. But we do have a couple uh, municipalities that are have, are working with our compost ed center and setting setting up their own um, composting facilities. Would, would I know and, or uh, live in one of them? Uh, you live close to one. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, uh, the um, uh, and and I'll tell you uh, in in our in our uh, village where we get, when we give away the the uh, the compost area. Yeah, you, you, you got to wait in line. I mean, people. Yeah, will, yeah. 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 that's that's good stuff. It'll make your garden it's grow for stuff. sure. You know. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So that's definitely. You know, I so compost at home, but uh, these uh, uh, our compost recycling um, program, uh, you can put anything that's compostable. Um, you know, chicken bones, even a, right? 
Yeah, chicken bones, grease, you know, Meat, chicken yeah, fat, just, chicken yeah. whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Peter, uh, food is one of the largest uh, wastes that we end up having to deal with, right, in terms of yep. salary, isn't it? I mean, you know, so you're dealing it, with the biggest the biggest sources, food waste. It is. Yeah. In, in one category, it certainly is the biggest one, yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. So if so, we can keep that out of our waste energy facility, all the better. All we right. do anything and everything we can to move towards zero waste. All right, Jerry, right, we, you know, we, we, you know we, we can t- on any one of these subjects, we could probably kill two hours. But, I, 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 I could spend the whole day. You know me. I love talking. <laughs> About this I crap. That's why. That's why we love having you on, Peter. I mean, brilliant. Yeah, let's, let's talk about sewers and, and literally. Oh yeah, I'll look like a Before we do that, but let's go. Let, let's, let's let's talk about the elephant on the Hudson. The elephant in the room, oh, elephant on the Hudson. I'm mixing my metaphors. Uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the nuclear plant, uh, the decommissioning, yeah. they just had a big meeting on that. Uh, and uh, um, that must keep a lot of people uh, up at night, including our first responders. Right, Jerry? Not really. Uh, no? Of all the, uh, nuclear power has a very safe uh, history. And, right. and I should have mentioned, we were talking about the railroads before, too. Yeah. Railroads are the safest way to ship hazardous mm-hmm. materials. You know, you see yeah. trucks overturned on the road, on the highways all the time. Trucks, so, yeah. so, you know, I, I think people, Get sometimes get uh, a bad perspective. You know, we tend to be myopic and just look at one little yeah. part of it. But I think, well, the, yeah. I think your approach of looking at from cradle to grave really makes sense. Right. You know. Yeah. So the, the railroad is the solution to trucks, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 pipelines are the solution to railroads. But they've all got problems. Yeah, yeah. So here's a good here's a good analogy. After 9/11, right, they stopped the chlorine shipments on a railroad because they thought the bad guys were going to hit a chlorine mm-hmm. tr- tank car. You know, mm-hmm. it would be a very bad accident. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know, the water plants will call up going, uh, you want clean water? You better send me some chlorine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we just Sanitize can't escape the these things. I think <laughs> it's best to, you know, how, how do we, de- I think your point is, how do we deal with them yeah. is, you know, rather than go, oh, this is bad, this is bad, that's evil. Right, right. Well, we, we appreciate the evils of, like, you know, uh, air pollution is not a good thing, but no. we sure like electricity in our yeah, house, yeah, right? Yeah, everything so, has a result. Yeah, yeah. you Understood. know. So. So, uh, so, so anyway, let's get to the whole de- decommissioning because that's a reality now. The, 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 uh, the, uh, the nuclear plant uh, isn't making electricity anymore, and it, uh, the uh, fuel, it, uh, I don't know if burned is the right word, but the fuel that was used to generate every bit of electricity uh, since the, ground, since the, the 60s mm-hmm. uh, is still there. Uh, and will be there for what is essentially for us forever. So uh, we got to decommission it, figure out how to store it. You got a lot of water there that uh, they want to put out. So, so what's your take on on that, Peter, uh, on the decommissioning? And we have a, a caller uh, standing by on that. Also, we'll get to her. Yeah, um, I, I'll go real quick. You okay. know, the, the the current issue. I was on that. Uh, I was on that meeting. Um, yeah. I think it was like Wednesday night or whatever it was, and. Uh, you know that was concerned about. They have uh, the the water that they have a pool there of, of this water that's got contaminants in it, mm-hmm. and they they are Holtec, who now owns the the site. It used to be Energy. It was uh, mm-hmm. sold to uh, this company Holtec. Holtec, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah Holtec. And yeah, right. they're, they're they're thinking about uh, you know dumping that into the Hudson, and uh, us environmentalists are like, no, 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 no. You got to come up with something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And there are they did have a couple solutions. None of it is perfect. But uh, I don't. I, I think the least, the worst, uh, would be to dump it into the Hudson. That, that's a, that's a major issue. Now, I've got an idea. The, you've got an idea. Yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. Glow in the <laughs> glow in the dark uh, water park. <laughs> the current the current thinking is to keep it on site, right? Um, that's the the current is keep it on site, let it evaporate, you know, and then take 
uh, you know, take whatever is left, you know, then you got to deal with that. You know, that's always they have the spent, uh, spent fuel cells there, as, as Blue said, and I, you know, that that is, you know, makes you a, it's a head scratcher. You know, like what are you gonna do? You know. Uh, put it on a barge and send it down to Hudson, you know, mm, well, I don't know. I mean, the idea, and, and I, I heard that, I hear these numbers knocked around. I don't know what the real number is, but I hear um, 10,000 years or 100,000 <laughs> years, right? Yeah. Which doesn't make any difference because human be beings have never done anything for for more than a couple yeah. of hundred. So, so yeah. say that we're going to keep an eye on it for 10,000 years or a hundred, it's just nuts yeah <laughs> it's yeah. The, the the height of uh, as we say hubris which is yeah, which is which is uh, yes. which is a conceit that we can actually do that because what will yep. really happen is that when aliens land here they'll say well, who left all this radioactive <laughs> stuff here it's good stuff yeah i want this i think, right. think we give it to this. china and trade for all the fentanyl or send it here and it's okay. only a fair trade oh there you go <laughs> there you go um uh, so you know what do you what do you what are you going to do so th- yeah. that's the, the so what are you happy with the way this uh, conversation with Holtec is going, or are you worried? Are you, uh, are you up at night? What, what, what? I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. They, they don't have a tremendous uh, track record, quite frankly. You know, mm-hmm. and you know they're they, they're going to try to do this however they can do it the cheapest way. You know, and that's what scares me. You know, they they're not a public company; it's a private, you know, enterprise. They're gonna they're there to make money to some degree or another. And, and if they can get out of, you know, they're contracted for a certain price. If they can get out of there before that, then that's just money that they make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what scares me. Is yeah. that, uh, you know, the, do they really have our best interests in mind? Yeah. And is the is the EPA doing a good job of monitoring that? I, I'm concerned about that. And, I don't and, know. You you've seen well, they. One of their replies was like a sheet of paper with a guy looked like used pencil to yes, describe I what they were going to do. It looked like something from a from a middle school class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that was on. That's in record. That's foilable as as some sort of record of what they were planning to do. You know, like that. That's how they are making decisions. You yeah. know, not not, not good. So I, uh, that's what concerns me. Well, that's as I as a, as a, uh, a government official myself, I mean, I always. Uh, uh, deal with you know with private companies that are uh, trying to get us to do something so they can get out on 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 the uh, and be in the black. Um, yeah. I said you have to consider the possibility that you made a bad investment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and you're not going to make money. I mean, I can't help you. I mean, I can't I can't I can't make sure that you make money because you decided to do this for a profit. Or leave the public with the bill. Yeah. 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 Or, and leave yeah. the public with the bill. So mm-hmm. so uh, so there's there's that there's that part of it. So in any event, uh, Marie's on the line again, right? From Peekskill. How you doing, Marie? Uh, what yeah. do you think about what we're talking about? Hi, I'm on hold here. Um, no. Just wanted to echo some of the concerns that Mr. McCart just. Yeah. Uh, spoke about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, your radio's a little. Yeah, I'm, got, I'm trying you, to lower it. It's okay. Um, okay, that's good. You got that great um, echo. It was like. Yeah, uh, I know. It was like I'm getting rid of it. Sorry about that. Um, it's like a like a just, Black Sabbath record. I know, right? Just what we need <laughs> right now. It actually might be appropriate. Um, <laughs> just to mention one fact um, that we're not the, the environmental community is not proposing that. Uh, we evaporate that water. If they're kept in tanks, and of course we've heard many arguments about about how these tanks always seem to leak. leak. Well, why is that? Can't we come up with a tank that doesn't leak or leaks minimally? It's still less harm than dumping it in the river. The big 
concern is the tritium that cannot mm -hmm. be filtered out. Tritium, which is basically uh, a water. Yeah. Yeah, radioactive water, mm -hmm. uh, cannot be separated from regular water at this time. And so if the tritium is held, it's got a 12-year half-life. So yeah. if you hold it long enough, it will <clears throat> uh, essentially uh, get to the point where it's, there's very little, if any, in there that you have to be concerned about. But so evaporating it is not a good solution. You could set up a schedule to release it. Uh, maybe in a, in 60 years or something like that. And, and exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, the argument that we're getting by this company is that the plant, and apparently all nuclear plants, have been doing releases. They call them discharges, and as opposed to dumping, all along throughout their life in smaller amounts because this is how they handle the water that they need to get rid of. Um, so there's that. And of course, the the rods on site. Many of us are really urging them to let. Let them stay on site because of the fact that we benefited by the electricity that was generated by the plant. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be thinking about dumping them on another community and harming other communities en route, whether they propose to put it on a barge or put it on the rail. It just does not seem like the environmentally conscious thing to do. Uh, the, yep. other, the concern is the, the casks and canisters that mm -hmm. are being used. This is Holtec who's doing the decommissioning, the Holtec company line of equipment. And they're flimsy compared to the canisters that are used in Europe, mm -hmm. which is very devoted to nuclear energy. Mm -hmm. They use canisters that are 14 to 19 inches thick. Ours mm -hmm. are, guess what, less than an inch. Oh, my gosh. Okay? And so these are essentially tin cans that can be damaged and can rust and there's leakage and there's no way to monitor what's going on with the radioactive rods that are in there. All right. So I, I don't want to get too deep into particulars here because okay. we, we don't have Holtec to uh, to defend themselves. So, uh, mm. but I, 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 I understand your concern on the on the particulars, Marie. Not on the not on the overall uh, responsibility they have. Sure. Uh, so um, uh, I don't want to uh, accept uh, individual facts as as fact unless we've got uh, verification. But uh, but I, I get it. Uh, believe me, I get it. I yeah. I, I uh, understand that you know there's a, a piece of that radioactive material sitting there, mm -hmm. and you go, this is going to be ra radioactive forever. What did it do? And you can say, well, this piece of radioactive t material that we have to keep an eye on forever um, kept the lights on uh, in uh, on July 8th, mm -hmm. uh, 1973. Mm -hmm. oh. right? yeah. and, 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 and so, so every day we use that power, we created a, a thing that had to be monitored forever. Mm -hmm. It was just, I mean, it, it seemed like a good deal. Right. At the time. But that's the piece that's left out of every conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we don't so. want to hear that news. And so now we do have to think about it. And I'm just going to add that when we, uh, in our next forum, which is going to be, mm -hmm. date to be announced in March, we'll be talking about casks and canisters and also the extreme contamination of the soil mm -hmm. and how what our expectations are about the cleanup that's going to be done there. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Marie, for calling. Sure. I, I appreciate it. We, we're, I think we're... Uh, uh, you're on the same page with a lot of people here. And if you, anybody else would like to call in like Marie, the number is 845-429-1700. We're going to be taking calls until the top of the hour on that. And let me ask you, Jerry, as a first responder, um, in, the, in the relative short term, I mean, um, uh, I don't detect a lot of anxiety about the storage of this material because the, 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 the casks that Entergy used to store the stuff, they, they look pretty formidable to me. I'm a, I'm a layman. I've toured the plant. I've looked in the, in the spent energy pools. I've seen it. I mean, it's, it is 
um, aging technology, but it is, um, uh, it's impressive. It's an impressive engineering feat. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, um, I'm not that worried about, as long as it's not running, the reactors aren't running, I'm not that worried about a catastrophic uh, accident, but what do I know, what do you think? <laughs> that's my question. Uh, it, that's way above my pay grade. Yeah. And, and, you know, I need to make it clear, too, that uh, although I'm the, the hazmat chief of Rockland, I, I don't speak for Rockland, and, and these well, are just I understand. my, my I understand personal that. views. I'm, yeah, yeah, this I, is just I, your own I, opinion. Quite, quite frankly, I, I don't have an opinion. I, I have so many other things to worry about, okay. uh, getting my guys trained, getting new equipment, yeah. that kind of thing. That uh, mm-hmm. uh, Indian Point just isn't high on my on my worry list. Well, you don't uh, expect to be sending them over or over the bridge to, to deal with a disaster at Indian no, Point. No, it's, it's not in my first two areas, so uh, I'll worry about that tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I can I can sense that it's not a it's not high on the priority list. So we we can uh, we can uh, uh, move on to uh, and, and again, I understand these these are subjects. We spent almost the whole show uh, last week talking about Indian Point, mm-hmm. and we could talk about it every week forever. But um, uh, ten thousand years. Yes. Or the half life of that. Peter. So what? A, all right, Peter. While we still have you, tell me another an, another thing that uh, that seemed like a good idea that uh, oops has a problem. Oh wow, plastic. Yeah, about yeah. plastic. How's the recycling <laughs> working out? Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, we. I, I, I always uh, make sure this was an issue for a while because China stopped uh, accepting yeah. uh, our recyclables. We, you yeah. know, we had a, a show on that itself, Lou. One yeah. time, yeah. We talk about that ad nauseum. But we do, um, we do recycle now. We collect yeah. and we sell it, and we make good money. We made a record amount of money uh, last year on our recyclables, and that includes paper, cardboard. Um, you know, aluminum, you know, metals, uh, and um, and plastic. Is that how Jordan is um, able to reduce the, ta- the uh, county tax? <laughs> it, it, you know, it helps. That's for the refuse disposal district. Most of that money goes back towards, uh, you know, recycling new yeah. pro- programs, initiatives, and things like that. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, we made uh, $7 million on our recyclables last year. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, the, the point of that is it comes down to source separation. At Westchester, we source separate. We don't... Uh, we have dual stream, mm-hmm. um, so we we separate all these things out just like we do at the H Murph and on our household recycling days. You know right. the, the the good people, you, me, Lou. Uh, we 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 source separate at home. It's a you know a little bit of a pain in the ass, and I I feel like um, Groundhog Day every Monday night when I gotta you know take care of the garbage and the recycling. It's a Monday mm-hmm. again, you know. Oh. But it's, it's 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 got value. But some people know? don't want to do. I mean, I I had a good friend of mine, a terrific guy. He was a boss and we stayed friends for years he lives out in california uh but um even when i visited him out in la um you know he would separate because they i think they uh, they probably in la they probably put you in jail if you don't probably inspect your brother (laughs) (laughs) but but he hates it he hates it he goes my life is too short for me to be cleaning and sorting the garbage right yeah. i mean that's that's his yeah he just hates it yeah. he doesn't big, like it's doing it deal. <laughs> well i guess so i don't that. think so but this guy and he's a great man he's smart he doesn't like doing it uh and uh and some people never will uh, get into it you know so uh, i understand yeah. that it, you know, it's, just, it's just built into our DNA these days. You know, we yeah. all the kids do it. We all do it. You know, we we try to do it better. Um, you know, we have a whole program in New York State that uh, we adhere to in, in Westchester. Recycle right. 
Yeah. That makes it more important if you recycle right as opposed, opposed to recycling more. Right, it's correctly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because then, then, then we can uh, make sure that it truly gets recycled because it's a clean material and we're source separate. Now, so. let me tell you this, all right? Uh, uh, we, we, we send, uh, or uh, as people, as residents, we send uh, out all that plastic. Are you telling me that plastic gets recycled? Because yeah. I heard it was it's, it's like 9%. See, that's what I'm trying to nip in the bud. We do. We get we get paid for it. You know, yeah. some company's not going to pay us for it and then and then go and pay somebody else to take care of it. What know, do they do with it, Peter? Whatever. Do they make more bottles or do they make other products with it? They make all sorts of products. You know, the, the most famous is park benches, but park there's benches, all sorts yeah. of, of products they make out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and we know that it gets recycled, especially especially the um, um, you know paper and plastic. So, so uh, when you uh, when you hear that nine percent of uh, of uh, plastic gets recycled, what what are you what are you hearing? Uh, I mean, well, that's probably countrywide. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of municipalities, uh, agencies, um, government entities, whatever, went to single source separation, mm-hmm. and that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, single stream, as they said. You know, it, yeah. it would get people they threw to recycle it all in one basket. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's bad. Yeah. And a lot of those places are now reshuffling to get back to source separation, and it it's hard to get people to you know change their behavior. Uh, but you know, some places we do have that dual stream, and that makes all the difference. I, I remember um, uh, when I was reporting back in the city. Well, back in the city, it's like we're all it's, we're all the same place. But in the city, it's reporting, and I remember um, Rudy Giuliani at the time, the mayor, um, yeah. uh, came out and he said, "You know, I, I want to see." And he said this, and and this is a um, a valid or at least a, a talking point. This is a conservative a view uh, that some conservative a view of some conservatives have. <laughs> You did it I on your own show. I did it on my own show. On your own show. You said oh, it twice, too. Oh, I guess you give get a bonus me, I, 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 buzzer You owe me a buzzer. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Is this, is this like the old gong show? Yeah, just as this everybody knows, you're not allowed to say uh, four words on, on, the, uh, on the show. What are they? Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. Okay, so we don't, we don't go there. In any event, this was a valid political talking point uh, that uh, the, the former mayor made. Oh, I can't believe I did that. What's the fine? It's your rule. I know. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, and he said, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's huge, the, the, the country's practically empty in places. There's plenty of places to bury this stuff. Um, I know it's like a religion to some people. Um, let's stop worrying about it. Mm. And, and that is a point of view. Uh, I don't subscribe to it, but but he uh, he uh, Rudy articulated that at the time, and uh, and I think they nearly set him on fire because it's, it's New York City. But uh, yeah. but um, are they, yeah. Peter, are they getting the manufacturers to standardize some of the materials? I noticed I bought a ginger ale the other day. Instead of being in a green bottle, I think it was in a clear bottle. I mean, is, are there things that manufacturers are doing on their end to make? They these? are, you know, voluntarily. You know, there, there's a lot of companies out there that uh, you know understand. The, the green aspect that people want to purchase, so they they make their product of uh, the packaging or whatever mm-hmm. it is. They make it in a green way. Um, yeah, I, I could go on and on about this. Again, it goes back to extended producer responsibility. Yeah, it's the same you know, subject. You know, yeah, yeah. BR, yeah. Uh, now, now, Peter, let me. Ask, we should probably be talking about all this stuff more, don't you think? 
I well, I I do. <laughs> okay, so so what we're going to do next week? We're talking about apocalyptic scenarios and 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 uh, and movie premises uh, and and TV show premises and and when you hear about them, what really scares you and what doesn't and and uh, and that I think that will be a lot of fun. But as I've looked into it, it's a it's a little scary also. Um, I got to tell yeah. you right now, we're at uh, WRCR AM seventeen hundred WRCR dot com. This is Lou Young. Tough times with Lou Young. Yeah. That was known as a station ID, I just did. <laughs> and um, so uh, that's next week. So down the road, let's do it again. Right. Um, you're welcome. Peter, you are welcome anytime, my friend. Anytime oh, on this show. Thank you, Peter. Because you're, you're, yeah, you're uh, as, nice. as is uh, Jerry. Right here uh, in the chief. What? Chief, uh, you know, it was nice hearing the, the chief talk about the, you know, the, the, the yes. realities of uh, these things. So yeah. I appreciate that too. Well, he's going to yeah, stay with us you. for the next hour. Um, you, yep. can, you can certainly come back, but we, we're going to we're going to uh, uh, break I'm a little check bit out. pre-recorded stuff. So. Uh, Peter, thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your weekend, sir. Thank you, buddy. Take Work care. Bye bye. All right. So uh, I've already did the ID. What else is on this checklist here? All right. Oh, here we go. Have you ever heard Reverend Billy, Jerry? <laughs> no, Billy. Reverend Billy. I don't think he has. In the church of style. Well, no. yeah. The, 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 you, you can listen to a half hour, and you are going to have something to talk about. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I have an apoc- apocalyptic scenario for you whenever you're ready. Okay, great. Well, 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 we'll bring you back next week for that. Or maybe we'll talk about it afterwards. But, uh, but uh, our apocalyptic preacher, uh, <laughs> our apocalyptic uh, environmental preacher, Reverend Billy, is uh, standing by with the mm-hmm. entire church of Stop Shopping uh, from the... Um, uh, the Lower East Side, where they have their uh, weekly Earth Church service. They're coming in now. All right. Uh, they're come, we're tuning them in now. We're, we're, we're swinging the, uh, the monitors and the, and, the, and the devices over that way toward uh, Brooklyn. Um, uh, I want to alert you to listen into this. Within, in, in the show, and it, listen, the show is going to have um, uh, sermons. It's going to have animal noises. <laughs> it's going to have uh, uh, a segment called News from the Natural World. And there's two items that uh, Savitri D., uh, the uh, reporter for the News from the Natural World, uh, talks about. And all I'm going to say are these two, two things, liquid robots and melting glaciers. Look for those items. Uh, we'll and, see you on uh, the other side. Yeah, and we'll see you on the other side. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to church. Hello, this is Earth Riot Radio, and I'm Reverend Billy, and how are you? Thank you for asking. I'm fine. Well, we're on the sidewalks, on the streets, mixed with the 10 million people here in New York City, and sometimes it's mesmerizing, sometimes it's just a distortion field. Because how can we be passionate here when the last of our green spaces are are full of glyphosates and being chainsawed for real estate and sometimes you have to stand up and just say passionately that the earth needs to win, the earth needs to have its life. Savitri G spoke at a recent vigil for Tortuguita, Manuel Turan from uh, Atlanta who was shot and killed by the police there protecting the uh, Wilani Forest. So we're trying to defend the East River Forest up here. Uh, just are arrested up here by armed police. Haven't been shot yet. But our hero and friend, 
Tortugita, a non-binary, gentle 25-year-old. Uh, they are much on our minds right now, and Savitri gave this wonderful speech. Here it is. Savitri D., the director of the Church of Stop Shopping, had a vigil of about 100 people down in the woods by the East River. activists and how scary it is and how threatening and I just want to acknowledge that 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 means something particular to people who spend their lives resisting the state resisting corporate capitalism and resisting these forces that are destroying the life systems of which we are a part I want to acknowledge that it's terrifying and scary but I also want to say that there's a long lineage of people protecting the land. There's a long lineage of people fighting capitalism. There's a long lineage of people pushing back against the state. And we are with them and they are with us. And we stand here in the relative safety of New York City, in this so-called progressive city. And what do we see in front of us? Nothing but destruction. And we were here recently watching the destruction, and it occurred to me that in my 50 years of life, I have been watching gangs of men destroy the earth. I have been watching equipment, and I have been watching trucks, and I have been watching roads carved into wilderness, into our places, into habitat, into the place where these animals live, never mind our habitat, the habitat of all these creatures. I have been watching these gangs of men destroy the earth my entire life. And so have you. We have all been watching this. So we know what we're talking about. We don't have to establish the facts anymore, do we? We just have to understand how to work on it and how to be together in that work and how to be courageous and strong and vivid and how we step out of our lives, our everyday lives, our survival, into the survival of something bigger than us. And this is the lesson we have to learn. Tortuguita teaches us this. He leaves his life wherever his life was. He leaves the structure of so-called society. He lives in an occupation in a forest. It's not easy. Living in a tent is difficult. I've done it. I did it as a child. It's hard. I'm a rambler.
is a participatory phenomenon. And it counts on participation in order to be successful. And the first option you have is withdrawing your participation. And from there, it's all liberation, whatever the cost. The war they were asking us to fight bore no resemblance to what I thought Americans were supposed to do. And uh, so by the end of 1964, I had just thrown my lot with the anti-war movement ultimately always coming to the conclusion that as long as you continue to cooperate with the, the military conscription uh, you know, and carry the draft card in your pocket and follow the orders when they gave them, that uh, that's all they needed. You could be as much against the war as you wanted. Uh, they didn't care. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. Right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy or uh, yeah, Sandy or or uh, Andrew or something like that. And it's you, you better brace yourself. That's him at an investment conference yesterday. Let's unpack his meteorological Let's metaphor first in the dead zone sea de-demonize the Wuhan the civet cat goes free the civet cat goes free let's you and me go climb What is it there? 
Let's go for a swim in the raging flood of Mother Earth self-care. Mother Earth self-care. Mother Earth self-care. Try doing it when the pressures of capitalism are telling you not to. Try doing it when all of the pressures of your family, your children, your parents, your sisters, your brothers, your relatives, your job, your career are telling you not to. Make those sacrifices. Take those risks. He did that. They did that. And I'm grateful for that lesson every time it happens because it teaches me, it teaches me I can live with less. I can live with a lot less. And in living with less, I live with more. Always the abundance of the earth surprises us. And this, these trees, these trees are the greatest protest I've ever seen. These trees are the resistance. These trees are our leaders. These trees are our teachers. All we have to do is stand with them. And we know this. And we keep knowing it, and we keep knowing it, and yet, somehow we don't know how to work on it. So I say today, let's learn how to work on it. Let's learn how to work with it. And let's honor in that work the thousands and millions of people who have been killed defending their home. Because that is all we are doing, is defending our home. And what does our mean? It means a lot of things, okay? It means a lot of things. Right now, I mean it in the broadest sense. I don't mean this is my home, my human home. I mean this is our home. This is our life, our collective life. And we have to join it. We can no longer be separate. So I'm gonna say, Tortuguita, please respond presente, which for those of you who don't know, is a way of saying lives or is with us, is present, just like it sounds, okay? And we'll just do it maybe 15 times, okay? All right, should we practice? Presente, just practice on your own, presente. <laughs> Tortuguita, presente. 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 Tortuguita, presente.
Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. The death toll continues to rise in Syria and Turkey after a massive earthquake struck the region. Rescue efforts are hampered by cold weather conditions. Scientists have discovered a new layer of partly molten rock under the Earth's crust that might help settle a long-standing debate about how tectonic plates move. The molten layer is located about 100 miles from the surface and is part of the asthenosphere, which sits under the Earth's tectonic plates in the upper mantle. The asthenosphere is important for plate tectonics because it forms a relatively soft boundary that lets tectonic plates move through the mantle. According to the research, the convection of heat and rock in the mantle are the prevailing influence on the motion of the plates. Although the Earth's interior is largely solid, over long periods of time, rocks can shift and flow like honey. Visible white sclera, or the whites of the eye, were long believed to be a uniquely human trait, crucial for communication. New research finds they are much more common in chimpanzees and other mammals than previously reported. In most non-human animals, sclera are dark, making it difficult to discern where individuals are looking. Scientists have long hypothesized that humans' white sclera facilitated the evolution of our complex social communication and have tended to view instances of lighter sclera in other species as anomalous. Psychologists interested in human evolution took that finding and ran with it. They began theorizing how unique aspects of our cognition, like our ability to cooperate and communicate, were made possible by our contrasting eyes. This idea became so ingrained that some scientists overlooked obvious exceptions to the rule. The Church of England is considering whether the Christian God should still be referred to as He. While the news has sparked outrage in the British tabloids, the idea of a gender-neutral God is not new. The church said it would launch a commission in a few months that will investigate the idea of using gender-neutral terms to refer to God. The Archbishop of Canterbury, the leader of the Church of England, has previously suggested that God should not be seen as a male figure, arguing that human language is too limited to describe God, echoing similar statements issued by the Vatican. In their teachings, the Catholic Church argues God is neither man nor woman, he is God. He also transcends human fatherhood and motherhood. Butterfly species have vanished from nearly half of the places where they once flew in the UK since 1976. The distribution of 58 native species has fallen by 42% as butterflies disappear from cities, fields, and woods. Those that are only found in particular habitats, such as wetlands or chalk grassland, have fared even worse, declining in distribution by 68%. Combining the weight of all terrestrial insects would outweigh the mass of all humans and livestock on Earth. Researchers' estimates put the total fresh weight of all land insects and arthropods, excluding aquatic and marine species, at around 1,000 million metric tons, far surpassing the sum of humans and their livestock, which is only around 400 million metric tons. Peru said Tuesday that 585 sea lions and 55,000 wild birds have died of the H5N1 bird flu virus in recent weeks.
Following the discovery of the birds in eight protected coastal areas, rangers found the flu that killed them had also claimed sea lions in seven protected marine areas. The dead birds include pelicans, various types of gulls, and penguins. In December, Peruvian authorities culled 37,000 birds on a chicken farm over bird flu, following previous outbreaks that affected wildlife. The disease is transmitted by migratory birds from North America. Popular plug-in hybrid cars emit significantly more carbon dioxide than official measures suggest, according to new on-road tests by academics that add to concerns over the true impact of cars sold as better for the environment. Cars from BMW, Renault, and Peugeot all emitted much more than standard lab tests had claimed, with the BMW 3 Series in particular emitting more than three times the advertised amount. Most people associate hurricanes with high winds, intense rain, and rapid flooding on land. But these storms can also change the chemistry of coastal waters, which has dire consequences for marine life and coastal ocean ecosystems. Hurricane Harvey, the wettest hurricane in North American history, generated massive rainfall in the Houston metropolitan area and delivered a huge pulse of fresh water into Galveston Bay. As a result, the bay was two to four times more acidic than normal for at least three weeks following the storm. This made bay water corrosive enough to damage oyster shells in the estuary. Coastal estuaries like Galveston Bay, where rivers meet the sea, are some of the most productive ecosystems in the world. Galveston Bay is the largest bay on the Texas coast and one of the largest in the U.S. It covers about 600 square miles, roughly half the size of Rhode Island. Its extensive oyster reefs provide about 9% of the national oyster harvest. Food prices in the UK are at their highest for 15 years, and something similar is happening in almost every country around the world. Recently published research suggests these price rises will lead to many people's diets becoming poorer, with up to 1 million additional deaths and 100 million more people undernourished. While commodity prices have come down from the peaks of mid-2022, they remain high. At the end of 2022, the global price of maize was up 29% and wheat up 34% since January 2021. Surging energy and fertilizer prices have by far the greatest impact on food security, with reduced food exports from Ukraine and Russia having far less impact on prices. The combined effect of export restrictions, increased energy and fertilizer prices could cause food commodity prices to rise by 81% from 2021 levels. A robot that can shift between solid and liquid states has been filmed escaping from a miniature jail cell with bars too close together to allow it to leave in solid form. The creators of the robot were inspired by sea cucumbers' capacity to alter their tissue stiffness, giving robots the ability to switch between liquid and solid states endows them with more functionality. The achievement relies on a material that can shift between solid and liquid under the influence of a magnetic field, which the authors call a magnetoactive solid-liquid phase transitional machine. The little robot can jump 21 millimeter moats and climb walls when solid, but subdivide to get around objects before rejoining when liquid. Scientists hope to solve some very specific medical and engineering problems with the developing technology. 
And now the sounds of extinction, glaciers. Half the planet's glaciers will have melted by 2100, even if humanity sticks to goals set out in the Paris Climate Agreement. At least half of that loss will happen in the next 30 years. Researchers found 49% of glaciers would disappear under the most optimistic scenario of 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. However, if global heating continued under the current scenario of 2.7 degrees Celsius of warming, losses would be more significant, with 68% of glaciers disappearing altogether. Between 2000 and 2019, glaciers lost 267 gigatons of ice per year. The mass loss was equivalent to submerging the surface of England under two meters of water every year. This change in glaciers will significantly contribute to sea level rise, threaten the supply of water of up to 2 billion people, and increase the risk of natural hazards, such as flooding. And hear the sound of glacial meltwaters. Be blind if you open your eyes. 
soldier think at the end of his life? Well, he thinks land does not matter and money does not matter. Life matters. Whoever our God is, they made us in the earth for all of us, so don't waste it because you know life matters. Beautiful nature and us crazy humans, not some for me, some for you, because life matters. Extreme love and This week's Earth Riot Radio. This is Reverend Billy. I want to thank the editor, Jason Candler. I certainly want to thank Joan Baez and David Harris. David, thank you for your life. A passionate peace activist. The wolf howling in Jamie Dimon and his unconscious meteorological metaphor. Swimming the song by the Stop Shopping Choir with Cinder Ganglani. Soloing Savitri in the news from the natural world. And Savitri, I want to thank Savitri D., our director, for this... Um, passionate call to the universe for love and protection from the people that killed Tortuguita down in the, the Wilani forest on the outskirts of Atlanta. The police financed by, in part, Jamie Dimon from the, from the J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. I'd like to also thank Layla Adu. Life matters. Layla wraps it up for us. Thank you, everybody. Will somebody give me an earth Earthaluya. Thank you, Reverend Billy. Church to Stop Shopping from the uh, Lower East Side. They've got a service every Sunday. Uh, I think at 3 o'clock, he said? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, RevBill.com if you want to follow up on it. What a... And it's, i got to tell you, it's entertaining. Uh, uh, the the, the mm-hmm. world-class musicians, uh, Broadway-quality singers... Uh, all of them passionate about uh, what what they're doing, completely non-commercial. We were talking about that. I mean, they don't they're not they they're not doing it for the money. I, I can tell you that. And uh, you may not agree with everything they say, but you got to uh, you have to. Well, you don't have to. You can not, but I I I, uh, I value <laughs> I value their passion and their persistence. And uh, so, uh, all right, Chief Chief uh, Chief uh, Knapp. What do you think of the Church of Stop Shopping? I mean, you, the first time you've heard it, and, mm. and, and, uh, and uh, I, I saw so Anyway, raised eyebrow. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'll reserve my opinion on that for a while. I, I, what I did pick up on was uh, she's uh, bashing capitalism, but yeah. seems to enjoy all the benefits of it. So, uh, well, yeah, you know, I just, I, uh, you're either one side or the other. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure there's both available there. All right. so. Well, we all cash our social security checks. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, so. <laughs> I get you. I get you. All right. So, yeah, there is there is stuff there, and there's a lot of the, uh, the they don't always avoid the buzzwords. Uh, and uh, so there you go. I mean, they're, but they're, uh, I, I like them. They're dedicated to what they believe. I like them. So they're my podcast within a podcast until we don't have any. And then we'll get another podcast. I, I guess I find it kind of interesting is how they're living off the land. And where are they? East Harlem or East? Where are they? Yeah, are they east, uh, Brooklyn? Uh, they're in Brooklyn. Yeah. But uh, I can tell you, you know what? We have we have uh, Bill on uh, periodically. And uh, the way he lives is uh, is not uh, they belong to a food co-op. They've got a whole lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. that uh, – Trouble that I would not go through yeah, yeah. to follow up on my on my but so they don't they they do walk the walk. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. I mean, uh, yeah, they said they were dedicated to it. So being dedicated is good. They're you know? dedicated. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, the funny thing. I'll talk, I don't want to take up too much time here, but but Bill, uh, this started out as a performance art mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Bill is a playwright and a um, um, mm-hmm. he's an older guy. He's older than me, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and. Uh, uh, kind of a comedian and he's got this whole thing with this big Elvis blonde Elvis style hairdo and a, and a, pink. And a, a pink well something it depends yeah. on different color. colors he uses different color uh, uh, you know garb no shoes religious garb he's got you know weird cowboy boy not weird I don't want to say weird it's not weird cowboy <laughs> he he comes across he comes across like a like a tent revival preacher mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and um, and it was an act it was an act that was created back when we were told to go shopping to, to fight terrorism remember that mm-hmm. you know don't let the terrorists win go shopping oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so they, they started the church of stop shopping as a reaction to that because that was absurd. So, um, uh, and then it began, so it was very political and, and very um, uh, uh, theatrical in the beginning, but as it went on, now it's 20 years, uh, more than 20 years down the road now, uh, he has started to really uh, d- uh, disappear into the character of Reverend Billy and, uh, and doesn't like to interact publicly as Bill Talon. Uh, he he prefers to be Reverend Billy, Reverend. and and he uh, he finds a certain spirituality. I mean, uh, Will, you were detected that, didn't you? I mean, he's got a there's a there's a genuine mm-hmm. spiritual component there. He's like really in in touch with something, or believes he's in touch with something mm-hmm. in the earth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, when we spoke to him, I mean, you know, like the he he talked about how the lines between Bill Talon and Reverend Billy are completely almost non-existent at least at this point. And you can definitely mm-hmm. see the passion, and you could call it spiritual uh, that he. Has as for this cause, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and uh, the, the, there was a movie, a documentary that was made by the uh, by a, a famous documentary filmmaker called uh, "What Would Jesus Buy?" Mm. And uh, it played in the theaters. wasn't terribly successful, but it is still played at Christmas time by a lot of um, evangelical churches. Uh, and. They don't realize that he's not Christian, <laughs> but they—you you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, uh, people gravitated to him. People were, were out in the Midwest, outside the Mall of America. People were bringing babies to him to, to baptize and stuff. Oh, it was—he's—he's got—he's got something going on. He's a very magnetic personality. Mm. And any event, enough about Reverend Bill. We're, <laughs> we've gone five minutes here. Earthalulia. Earthalulia. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Jerry, we, we want to do our music thing now. I, I uh, every go, go for it. Every uh, week lately. The last four or five weeks, uh, we I marry two tunes, and and, and I've, I've been listening to music all my life, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and there are two there are similar songs that may not be similar on the face of it, but they hit me emotionally in the same place. So I marry them, I link them, and I and I try to. Uh, it says something about it. So uh, um, let's let's begin here. I'm going to take you back to 1984, which was the height of the war on drugs, which was a, a war that ultimately had no winners but lots of victims. There was an incredible body count and a mythology and a set of stories that grew up about it, around it, that uh, became part of our uh, cultural conversation. We talked about smugglers, we talked about narcos, we talked about the cops who fight them, about the people who tried to cash in were victimized by the lure of easy money which we'll hear about in a moment in this story 1984 a song written by Glenn Fry and uh, Jack Tampasine I believe that is mm-hmm. Smuggler's Blues
Smuggler's Blues. Glenn Fry and Jack Tempchin wrote that song. It's the uh, third hit off of uh, Glenn's solo album called The All Nighter. And the song was used uh, as the title track for the 16th episode of the TV show Miami Vice. I believe Glenn Fry played a part in that, may have had a bit part uh, in the video for that song. Um, which won an MTV award. Uh, he plays a smuggler and a girlfriend, and they're, they're talking in the car and all that. And that is, you know, very much a part of that time. It, it hits you. It captures it. Um, it was all about, you know, a lot of it cocaine smuggling and the um, world that surrounded that and the war that raged for decades and uh, stacked up a huge body count uh, in in TV, movies, entertainment, uh, the, you know, the, it was an epic battle that uh, eventually nobody won, mm. and a lot of people were victimized by. Mm. But that's that. So there's one song there, and it brings me to another song that uh, hits the same emotional place. 1989, that's five years after that song was written. Uh, Robert Earl Keane, the legendary mm. outlaw country um, singer-songwriter, off his um, album called The Highwayman, wrote a song called The Road Goes On Forever. Mm -hmm. That's terrific. It's a terrific recording. Look it up if you like. But the one that really lives with me is um, Joe Ely, uh, who I believe was a member of The Highwayman, and he covered it in uh, 1993 in his uh, album Love and Danger. And essentially, think of this. It's Romeo and Juliet meeting in the South during the height of the drug war. This is The Road Goes On Forever. Mm. Sherry was a waitress at the only joint in town. She had a reputation as a girl who'd been around. Down Main Street after midnight A brand new pack of cigs A fresh one hanging from her lips A beer between her legs She'd ride down to the river And meet with all her friends The road goes on forever And the party never ends Sonny was a loner Older than the rest He was going in the Navy but he couldn't pass the test So he hung around town Sold a little pot The law called Window Sunny One day he got caught But he was back in business When they set him free again The road goes on forever and The party never ends Sonny's playing eight ball At the joint where Sherry works When some drunken out-of-towner Put his hand up Sherry's skirt Sonny took his pool cue Laid the drunk out on the floor Stuffed a dollar in her tip jar And walked on out the door She's running right behind him Reaching for his hand The road goes on forever And the party never ends They jumped into his pickup Sonny jammed her down in gear Sonny looked at Sherry Said let's get on out of here Stars were high above 
moon was in the east The sun was setting on When they reached Miami Beach They got a motel by the water And a quarter Bombay gin The road goes on forever And the party never ends They soon ran out of money Sonny knew a man Who knew some Cuban refugees That dealt in contraband Sonny met the Cubans In a house just off the roof With a briefcase full of money And a pistol in his boot The cards were on the table When the law came busting in The road goes on forever The party never ends grabbed the goodies, Sonny grabbed the jack, he broke the bathroom window and climbed on out the back, Sherry drove the pickup through the alley on the side, where a lawman tackled Sonny and was reading him his rights, she stepped out in the alley with a single shot of 14, the road goes on forever and the party never ends. They left the lawman lying, they made their getaway They got back to the motel just before the break of day Sonny gave her all the money and he blew her a little kiss If they ask you how this happened, say I forced you into this She watched him as his tail lights disappeared around the bend The road goes on forever and the party never ends After midnight, just like it was before. 21 months later, at the local grocery store, Sherry buys a paper and a cold six pack of beer. The headlines read that Sonny is going to the chair. She pulls back on the main street in her new Mercedes Benz. The road goes on forever, but the party never ends. Great Joe Ely, um, just uh, I love that song, and that that uh, that story. You know, Sonny at least was in love <laughs> and paid with his life uh, in a time of conflict during a war with no winners and a million stories. This is Lou Young. Tough times with Lou Young. WRCR, WRCR.com. All right, what do you think? Those songs go together. Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah. Always nice musical break there. Yeah, you nice know? musical break. We got, a, we got a caller? No. No? There was a song <laughs> no, I number. picked up and they hung up. <laughs> they picked up and they hung up. All right. Well, that's that's typical. Mm. That's typical. Yeah, it happens. Y- you know, it was, uh, you know, we, they're, they're probably going to extend your, you're probably not going to be able to extend your car warranty now. I know. All right. Uh, I'll have to let Alex know. <laughs> uh, we have a request also from um, Michelle from Nanuet. Ma- Michelle from Nanuet, and Michelle, we're going to get to your song, all right, uh, at the end. So don't don't uh, don't forget that. that that came in by text, and we appreciate you staying in touch with us. And um, let's uh, reflect on what we've uh, we've gone over these last two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Jerry, what do you think? Well, we, we started talking about lithium-ion batteries, and a couple of things we didn't really finish up. Um, one, it's pretty interesting. Even if these bam batteries are damaged by fire and appear to be completely damaged, there's still stranded energy in them. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I know right now, is there's no real way to get rid of that energy. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of those unintended consequences. Um, the other thing that's pretty interesting is um, the if you're driving your electric vehicle and you hit on a telephone pole or you get trapped in your vehicle like so many people do most of the fire departments uh, almost all fire departments are trained to get you out of your vehicle pretty easily we know where to cut we know where to push we know where to uh, bend because we know what cars look like yeah we know yeah. what they look like except they're they're not always looking the same way now anymore so the tetla for example the electrics yeah they have high voltage uh, electric uh, circuits running through them where through the areas where we would cut bend pinch or pull mm -hmm. so now we can't do that so uh, for the fire service, it's a huge learning curve uh, how to do extrications out of these vehicles, these electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, the kind of the best practices at this point is to identify the manufacturer and model number, mm -hmm. um, call a, a, a pause to the life-saving action, and read the directions. <laughs> so Hang on, sir. Yeah. We're only on Chapter 2. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's complicated. Man. So the Tesla Model S uh, extrication manual is 32 pages long. That's mm -hmm. just that one particular model. And the good news is you can get this stuff on your iPad or whatever. So mm -hmm. most fire fire departments have an iPad or some you know uh, mm -hmm. some uh, device with them that they can get it. But uh, and a chief who can read, uh, hopefully, or at least look <laughs> at the pictures. And uh, so the the manual, the extrication manual for all electric vehicles is 400 pages long. Wow. So, uh, again... So you need a chief who can read fast. We, we, we need to identify the yeah. vehicle first, which is interesting because the manufacturers, there's no standard uh, badging or, you know, a Chevy always said Chevy on the front, mm -hmm. a Ford said Ford. Yeah. Well, now, because these electric vehicles have to look cool, there may not be, you know, uniform badging on them. So Thing, yeah, finding out what, yeah, what model is could, what could is be, that? yeah. I mean, and, I, and more than a couple of times I've said, well, what is this? Is a Genesis? What's a Genesis? Yeah, you look what's at it, a, you don't know. What's yeah. an Ionic? What well, is, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, kind of an unintended consequence there. And uh, I've been encouraging fire departments to uh, come up with a plan and, and, and figure out how they're going to do this. Because, yeah. again, you know, you have somebody whose life is, dwindling away in front of you and i've been there done that a lot of most firefighters have it's it's kind of an emotional experience sure. but to go uh, all right hold on we got to read the directions mm -hmm. uh, hesitate yeah that, that hesitation yeah, yeah. so that's gonna be so an unintended consequence and we'll, we'll figure it out but uh you know well the thing, one of the things that that uh, and i think it's the big advantage of electric cars over um uh, co internal combustion cars it's got nothing to do with gas versus um mm -hmm. Uh, electric, it's got to do with the number of moving parts. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. these electric cars have, um, a f what, one-third mm -hmm. yep. the moving parts that an internal combustion engine has, mm -hmm. and uh, an expected lifetime that uh, runs way down the road, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of miles, which will, you know, raise some other issues as you get because right now our cars, you know, we got a couple of makes of cars that'll 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 hit two hundred thousand um, mm -hmm. uh, with yeah, good maintenance, yeah. mm -hmm. like a Lexus or something mm -hmm. like that. But um, uh, but uh, for the most part, if you're looking at cars that are expected to go a, a half million miles, mm -hmm. you know, maybe with a battery change yeah. down the road. Um, 
that's what does an axle look like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's gone to the moon and back a couple of times i don't know you know I yeah mean, that's the other thing uh, points where we would call them hard points on a car that we mm-hmm. would attach a chain to for example to do a yeah. steering wheel lift yeah. or something they, they mean it's, it's a whole new world so again unintended consequence i don't know what the answer is but uh um you know we identified a problem first so. something to, something to think about something to think about yeah i read that the indoor laboratories which i know you're involved with um they're going to standardize the manufacturer we'll get back to the batteries again standardize the manufacturing and and uh, operation of batteries is that the goal in other words yeah. instead of having all these variables out there in terms i think of that was one of the recommendations of the george recommendations. from ul yeah again they're they're not a standards making body oh, they're so their test engineers kind of yeah. look at the problem and go holy cow here's what yeah. we think we could do yeah, so yeah. it's probably just a recommendation it's a recommendation yeah. not a policy at this point yeah, yeah. all right well exactly. before we get don't let me uh, uh talk so long here that we uh <laughs> we don't have time to play marie's song yeah. we should play it right now then okay all right marie okay uh, uh michelle Michelle. 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 Michelle? I thought it was Marie. Michelle from Nanuet. Michelle been called him before. Marie was... uh, Oh, Marie was from Pete School was the other... I'm sorry. (laughs) Michelle from Nanuet. All right, here we go. Uh, um, Thank you. Uh, Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Jerry, thank uh, you very much. I can remind everybody these these are Jerry Knapp's opinions and not representing anybody, but a little old me. Here we go. Thank you. Here we go, Marie. Let's fly (laughs) like an eagle. Slipping, slipping, slipping 
Like an eagle. That's for Michelle and Nanuet. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, thanks to uh, Jerry Knapp, Scott Sobel, Peter McCart, our guests, uh, musical. Uh they're not really guests. We played their recordings. Glenn Fry, Joe Ely, Stevie, uh, Steve Miller, who just played Stevie Miller. And, of course, Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping. Uh, next week, the apocalypse, my friends. Uh, po- apocalyptic scenarios. And, uh, you know, what's real, what's not, what makes you worried. All right? You back? You up for that, Jerry? Oh, yeah, call in again. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Be, care- be careful with the earth and be careful with yourselves.